Okay. Now I'm unmuted. Thank you for joining us online, and thank you for joining us in person. We're going to be continuing on with our Truth for Living uh, study as we're going through this third theme. The first theme was about God's Word. The second theme was about God's greatness. And this third theme is talking about God's goodness. And as we go and continue to look about how we have such a great God, we will see tonight that God is the source of all good and that we only know what is good because of him. We only know what is good because he is the standard of good. So let's go through and we're going to um, go through and we're on our second question tonight. And so let's review our first question. Our first question is, what is our good God like? And so we answered uh, by talking about these characteristics or, or the essence of who God is. And we answered by saying that God is holy. He is loving and perfect in all, and all he is and all he does. He is true, noble, just, pure, and praiseworthy. It is because of God that we even know what good is. And so last week, we, or two weeks ago, we talked about how God is good through being just and how he is holy, how he's separate from evil. There's no darkness in him. And we talked about how we know what is good because of him. And that any good qualities that we would even have, any, any impressions that we have, even that still they are there after the fall, after the twisted um, image of God that we, we have as our sinful nature, even any little bit of good, it's because it's a, an impression that was from the being made in the image of God. And it's because God made us this way. And we know that we'll continue tonight to talk about how and the emphasis about how all he does and everything God does is good. This answer was saying that God is perfect. There's nothing deficient in him. He's completely good, 100% good. And so if he's 100% good, then everything he does, everything he says, anything that proceeds from him is going to be good. And we know that it's, it would be almost, if we could say, it would be impossible for something bad or evil to come from what God has said, made, or acted upon, because he is good. And that he has a standard of good. And we couldn't look to our own standard and what we think is good but we need to look to what God says and is and how he reveals himself in scripture. The memory verse for that day was from Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is he, blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We were encouraged to look to God and know that he alone is good. So tonight, as we continue to explore the idea how God is good and 
how he is true and he is just and he is love and that he is all of these good things and not just partly good or not part love and part just and part truth he or part holy it's all together 100% each one and and it works together so perfectly and so we'll look today as we see that everything good comes from God. And so the question for tonight is, who gives us all good things? And today, as in yesterday, as I was going through with uh, this question with the kids, we would repeat it over and over. Who gives us all good things? And the answer is, God gives us all good things. And so we have to recognize that it is God who gives us all good things. And the verse that we will look at tonight uh, that is the memory verse for this question is Psalm 8411. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold for those who walk uprightly. Tonight we'll talk about how God is the source of all good. In our first or second theme when we talked about the greatness of God, we talked about how God is self-sufficient. That God doesn't need anybody else. He doesn't need anything. He alone is good. He doesn't need somebody to rely on. He doesn't need somebody to support him he alone can stand alone but because of out of the abundance of who he is he has created us we know that he's self-sustaining that nobody created god nobody came and and just he didn't need somebody to start he didn't need to uh, get better because he always has been who he is he's independent from needing anything else he can't be improved and he doesn't decline in his qualities he's a hundred percent good his goodness is who he is and he is perfectly and completely 100 percent good he is the standard of goodness and we only know good from him if we think to the verse found in romans 3 23 where it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We fall short of that standard, that glory of God, which we can find in the law, the Ten Commandments. There's not any one of us who has ever followed that completely. There's only one who came and followed that completely, and that was God manifest in the flesh, Jesus Christ the Messiah. So we see that he has a standard of goodness and whatever he does whatever he creates whatever he says whatever proceeds from him is good and the goodness of God brings good things we know that the goodness of God out of his grace and his love and his truth and his justice out of that proceeds good things and so I just want to emphasize that God is good and everything he does is good. And this 
is an abundance of good, not just a little bit and not just picking and choosing, but his just, he is overflowing infinitely with goodness. And he doesn't need to do anything to be good. He alone, standing, independent, doesn't need to do anything to prove that he's good. He just is there, and he is, and he is good. But because he is good, and he has such an infinite amount of grace and love and mercy, it just flows from him, and it shows us what is good. His goodness isn't dependent on doing good, but he does good because he is good. And I've been saying good a lot, but it's because I want to emphasize that God is good, and he alone is good. We see this in Mark chapter 10, verse 18, when somebody came to Jesus and said, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? And he calls him a good teacher. Good teacher. And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. And of course, we know that Jesus was good, 100%, no sin. But we must wonder why this man was coming up. If he was trying to flatter Jesus by saying, hey, good teacher, maybe you'll give me some inside information. But instead, Jesus calls him to change his mind about thinking that he could do anything good and pointed to God, the one who is alone, the good one. Him alone is good. He alone is good. Psalm 119.68, we know what God is, we know what good is because God shows us what is good. Psalm 119.68, or 68, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. And David's long acrostic psalm where he goes through the Hebrew alphabet talking about God's word. He cries out, calling for God, knowing that he is good and he does good, that God would teach him what is good, what is his statutes. Psalm 16, 2, apart from God, we have nothing good. Psalm 16, 2, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. If we aren't with God, if we are separate from God, which sin has separated us from God, when we're apart from him, when we uh, kick away from him and resist him and turn away from him, that is where the evil comes from, from not trusting him. And so only by being in him could we truly know what is good. We'll have some sort of distorted idea of what good is, but we know today, as we look in the news, in the communities, on all of these different made-up holidays that are coming up, where people are calling evil good and good evil. Just as the prophet Isaiah said, 
that we know that. We see that today. People want to say, well, this is a really good thing. But they don't know what the truth is about what good is because they do not know God. And they deny him. Job knew God. And Job knew that everything he ever had, his family, his crops, his, his livestock, everything he had, he had great wealth. A great family. He even had, uh, well, we see later on throughout the, the book of Job that his friends weren't so great. But Job, when having things taken away from him, he cried out and he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job professed this knowing that everything he had was from God. And he knew that he came into this world with nothing, but everything he had was given to him from God. Job knew that God was the source of all good. And so tonight we're going to talk about how God demonstrates his goodness. And so let us first look at the creation account. We go to the first page of our Bibles, and we see in Genesis 1:31, at the sixth day after he created man, after he created the heavens and the earth, he created the stars, he created the sun and the moon, the ocean, he created the, the land, he created all the creeping things, all of the creatures in the oceans, all the birds of the air, and then he made man from the dust of the earth. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. And we know from that day after the sixth day, the seventh day, God rested. He said that everything was very good. That's proving the point that there's nothing bad that could ever come, nothing evil that could ever proceed from a 100% good God. 1 Timothy 4, 4, in the beginning of the verse, Timothy or Paul says, For everything created by God is good. Paul was speaking about legalism, about how their false teaching was going to come in and talk about how you need to abstain from marriage, abstain from foods. And Paul reminds Timothy that God created everything good and that it's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of where your heart is. That we would give thanksgiving to him, knowing that it's God who provided these things. That somebody shouldn't forbid you to eat something when you know that if you do so, by giving thanksgiving, it is holy and in, 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 it's set apart. Just This is similar to when God rebuked or he corrected Peter. Peter, being a staunch Jewish person, was not going to eat something that his tradition said was unclean, that he would go back into the, Le the Leviticus and say, well, no, you said before this is unclean, I'm not going to do this. But then God commanded him to show that 
to teach him a lesson about how Gentiles were to come into the fold. But he used this lesson to see if where Peter's faith was. Was Peter's faith in the law? Was Peter's faith in God? Peter's faith was in God after when God said, do not call anything unclean that I have made clean. I told pastor that I will be talking about, he, he said to the kids, of course, ham is good, right? God created ham. And so I said, well, I'll talk about that tonight. And Peter then was told by God to eat pork, if we can imagine that. And so that Peter can show that he believed and trusted in God rather than, than the law. God shows that he cares for his creation. Not only did he make everything good, he does good to the creation. He cares for the creation. Psalm 154, 8 through 9. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. Jeremiah says in Lamentations that he says, By your mercy were not consumed. He's talking in the context of Jerusalem, knowing that everything was getting tore down, people were dying, and people were coming in and, and attacking and taking over Jerusalem, and, and there was some that there was disease and all sorts of things that were going on. But he knew as he lamented that we were to hope in God. He lamented and said that by God's mercies we're not consumed. Great is thy faithfulness. Your mercies are new every morning. Jeremiah knew that all good things came from God. Christ preached this in the Sermon of the Mount when he was speaking of to teaching on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5.45, the second half of the verse, Christ says, For he, God, makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the, on the unjust. If you have someone who is trusting in the Lord that has a farm and then somebody down the street that, that says there is no God, that same God, whether they're having trust and hope in him or they're rejecting him outrightly that same God brings the rain onto their fields and brings harvest we know that in continuing on in the Sermon of the Mount Jesus said that we're to trust in God not being anxious for tomorrow because God cares for the birds of the air and the flowers of the field that he feeds them and how much more will your father in heaven care for you, that he knows every hair on your head. He knows that when a sparrow falls. And so God cares for his creation. He is good to his creation. Acts 14, 17, Paul speaks about the same thing. Yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving your rains from heaven and your a fruitful season, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. He's talking to pagans there. So we know that God demonstrates his goodness to his creation by creating things good, even though they fall through the rejection of God. 
when people start to look at things that are created rather than the creator, that's when evil happens. So people started to worship the creation, started to desire the good things. And we can see this how maybe somebody comes to visit you and you haven't seen them in a long time and they give you a gift and you're more interested in seeing their gift than the person that hasn't seen you and wants to visit you. They care for you and they want to spend time with you but you look at the gift and, and you just you, you, you don't spend time with them and, and how do they feel? But that's just how we treat God. We treat God in the same way where he gives us these gifts and we're so enamored by the gift that we forget that the God who gave them, God gave the gifts and we are to look to him and admire him and worship him, not his gifts. So that's why we need to experience God's goodness. God's goodness is to be experienced. We see this, that we know that God gives special gifts to those who are his. James 1.17, James writes after talking about if anyone lacks wisdom to pray, God will give it liberally. He continues on to talk about how every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God's promises, God's gifts are sure and steadfast. They do not change. And we also see this ultimately through his promise of goodness, that the goodness of God is shown through salvation. Hebrews 9, 11 through 12 but when Christ appeared as the high priest of good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. God's salvation that he provides is sure and eternal. It's the ultimate good. His goodness is shown in his love for us. In this gift of salvation. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. The wages of looking to the gift rather than the giver is death. The wages of taking your eyes off of Christ. Taking your eyes off of God. Rejecting God. Being in enmity with him. Lacking faith. Not Trusting in him, but trusting in yourself is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the good gift. Jesus says this in Luke's account of the Sermon on the Mount in Luke eleven thirteen. If you then who are evil, talking about how a father, if a son asks a father for a, a fish, would he give them a stone? Or bread, would he give him a stone? fish, would you give him a serpent? An egg, would you give him a, a scorpion? But he continues to go on and talk about how God is not, he gives good in the best way. 
If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? That those who seek God for salvation will be born again with the Spirit, given the Spirit, and given new life, this eternal life, to know God. Psalm 119.39, we see that God's commands are what we can, we can experience, God's goodness through his commands. Psalm 119.39, turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. When we're corrected, and this discipline is a good thing that God gives us, and he rebukes us, and he, and he corrects us, and, but he's so gentle. Not like evil fathers giving good gifts, but he is a good father giving great gifts. Disciplining us, being slow to anger, slow to wrath. But he is wrathful to those who reject him. And sometimes we look at that as not being good. But it's a good God being good consistently. Psalm 19 Seven, can, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul, and the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. God's word is good, and it's a good gift. His promises are good, and we can experience his goodness, his goodness through his promise. Joshua twenty three fourteen. and now I am about to go the way of all the earth. And you know in your hearts, and the soul and souls, all of you, that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one of them has failed. God's promises are sure, and he is 100% good, and he doesn't change, and we know that his promises are good, and we can trust in them, knowing that his word does not fail. As Joshua gets ready to to return as dust to the ground. He tells people to look to God and remember his promises. And his love, we can experience his goodness through his love. Psalm 86, 5. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. He is good in the way that he doesn't count our sins against us, but he, he brings reconciliation through Christ Jesus that we can trust in him. His forgiveness is good. Abounding in his steadfast love, his love endures forever. And it is a way that we experience his goodness. We only love and know love because he first loved us. Out of his goodness. His love is something to be praised for. First Chronicles 16.34 Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. And we know that His promises and His love is eternal. And it's how we can experience His goodness. We also experience His goodness through Christ. That is the ultimate display of His goodness. We know that all things are upheld. Creation was made through him, made for him, and, and to him. 
all things for him, and all things are upheld by him. We see in Hebrews 1.3, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. All things are upheld by God's grace through Jesus Christ. We see this in Paul's letter to the Colossians in 1.17. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. His goodness has shown that everything's just not crumbling apart. God upholds this world for his glory and display of his goodness. God's goodness of grace and mercy and love are displayed in salvation. And God is good to those who trust in him. The memory verse for tonight, the second half of it, Psalm 84, 11, reads, No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. God's children, the ones who trust in him, the ones who abide in him through faith, see his goodness ultimately. To those who have faith in Christ, we know that Hebrews eleven six says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. His goodness is shown to those who diligently seek after him. And of course, us being someone who would trust in him, to look to him, to find his goodness through salvation... It's not always easy. But we can find solace knowing that no matter what happens to us, or even the bad circumstances, that God works good out of the bad circumstances. Joseph knew this when speaking to his brothers in Genesis 50, 20. As for you, you meant evil against me. They threw him in a pit, left for dead, sold him for silver. Just as Pastor Phil was speaking last Sunday night talking about how Joseph was like uh, was a, a, a foreshadowing of Christ being sold for silver, left for dead. But then he was highly exalted. And so Joseph knew that his brothers meant evil against him, but God used it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Through this instance where these brothers hated him, God used it for good to save many people. And we can know that no matter what we're going through, the troubles that we have, the way people treat us, the struggles we have, no matter what we face today, we can know that God is working and he is so perfect in his wisdom that he can use evil men, evil choices to bring good. And that's why Paul said in Romans 8, 28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. In the next verse, he speaks about this purpose to be conformed to the image of Christ. That we can experience God's goodness through the sanctification that we go through through trials knowing that trials brings on patience, which brings on endurance, which builds character, which builds hope, 
And that hope is found in the Holy Spirit. Paul says in Romans 5, God's goodness is to be experienced. And lastly, what do we do with that? God's goodness is to be praised. We're to praise God for all the good that he has done. Even the things we might not think are good, we often will look back in retrospect and see that God was working. And we can trust and know, just as Paul said to the Philippians, that he was confident of this very thing, that he who started a good work in them will continue it on until the day of the Lord, until Christ comes back and we are in his light and know his goodness completely. Now we just see through a glass dimly lit. But when we're face to face with him, we will see his perfect goodness. God's goodness is to be praised. Psalm 135, 3. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to his name, for it is pleasant. We're to praise God because he is good. Deuteronomy 8, when Moses was talking, to, preaching to the Israelites, saying, Listen, remember, we were in this desert for nearly 40 years. And you complained and you grumbled and you said all these things about God. God gave you manna and you complained and he gave you quail. God gave you water from a rock. God delivered you from Egypt. All of these good things. And your shoes didn't fall apart. Your feet didn't swell. And your clothes did not tear apart. God sustained them in so many ways. Not only their clothing, but their, their bellies. And even though they grumbled, even though they were bitter against him. He was still good. And so Moses says in Deuteronomy 8, 10, And you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. He's exhorting them, saying, Hey, once you cross this river, you go to the promised land, make sure you thank God. Because it's only by him, only through him, and for him brings all praise. We should... Give praise to him. Ultimately, we must praise God for the goodness he has shown us in Christ Jesus. Psalm 86, 5. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who, you, who call upon you. We find forgiveness through Christ Jesus. It's his blood. It's, we find reconciliation through what he has suffered for us. That he endured the most evil and even God's wrath for our good, with us in mind. So we must look to God and give praise. Question two, who gives us all good things? The answer is God gives us all good things. Let us remember that everything that we have and anything good God deserves the praise. Psalm 84, 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. He brings growth and protection, provision and protection. Lord, the Lord bestows grace and honor. He exalts those who humble themselves before him. He gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. 
No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Let us remember that as we go throughout our week, that all things good are given to us by God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that you share your goodness, that you reveal your goodness to us, not only through creation, not only through the beauty, not only through all of even the breath of life that we have, the joy we have of family, the joy we have of relationships, the joy we have of jobs, the joy we have of pleasures, all of these things are nothing compared to the joy we have in looking to you alone. Lord, let us look to the giver, you, the source of all good, rather than the gifts that you give us. Lord, let us remember your goodness, that we would be strengthened and encouraged when we deal with suffering and evil, trials and temptations, knowing that we have a perfect high priest who has endured it all. And we have not resisted to the point of shedding blood like he has. So let us look to you as the sure and steady anchor, finding faith and hope in your goodness, for you alone are good. Bless us as we continue on, knowing that it is a blessing to have our transgressions forgiven, our sin covered. Let us remember this and give praise to you all day long for your mercy endures forever. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. Well, thank you for joining us online. Thank you for joining us in person. Have a great evening. And next week, as a reminder, uh, we'll have the Puritan study and go back to Truth for Living the following week.